0: FM. All right, my money friend Mark Butler is coming on the show today and we're going to talk about integrity as an entrepreneur. And whether you are an entrepreneur or not, anytime we talk talk about money, I think it's such a great value for listeners to hear because you're going to hear different perspectives. And I at first didn't want to even do this because I told Mark my audience aren't other coaches. I don't want to coach other coaches. But the thing is is that there are a lot of entrepreneurs that do listen to the show whether you are a financial advisor, a lawyer, a realtor, you run your own engineering firm, whatever it may be that you do is in just hearing what we discuss and how we don't. I mean, we're still rumbling with things, different things in in our own businesses and talking about the integrity piece and you know, and, and Mark really wants to have a conversation where you know, it's what I say Let's go behind the green curtain of what really goes on in these situations. And it can be rather insightful because sometimes when we are consumers, customers, we may not see what it takes to run things. The grocery store, right? Because we've had so much culturally of you need to get the best deal, the best value. But what's the cost to you? I mean, I've had shows where we've talked about food and the food industry and one of the driving reasons that we have so much processed food is that the the profit margins are so much greater but what's the cost to our health what's the cost personally to our health to our family's health to our loved ones our friends what's the cost to our society i've had shows where we've talked about this in education what's the cost what's the societal impact when we keep raising tuition we're going to lose the Opportunity to have primary care physicians because they can't afford it because they have so much debt. So these are same concepts. So whether you're an entrepreneur or not, but these are same concepts that we've been talking about throughout the nine and a half years of the show. In terms of you know how do what I do impact other people, and when you can we can see behind different lenses, it gives us some perspective. And for me, a person who used to really chase how much things cost and what was the best financial deal, right? And buying food in that manner and knowing what the health implications were for me is now I look at what value am I getting. And so again, some people may think it's ridiculous as I talk about this ice cream sandwich that I got so good or how much my coffee costs, but for me it's so delicious and yummy that I'm good with that. Like it that gives me tremendous value instead of 20 years ago I would never have done that because it was like, well, you know, I can get something cheaper and have more sugar in it and with uh, with less money. And But my perspective has changed. And also, I mean, the reality is, is that I'm 44 versus when I was a college student or in my 20s. So I have more resources, but it's about how do I want to choose to spend my money? So we go and we talk about integrity. We talk a lot about pricing. And again, maybe you're not an entrepreneur. I still think there's going to be valuable insights for you. So enjoy the conversation, or thank you so much for listening. Because maybe you won't enjoy it, and you can always let me know. But I'll circle back after. Thanks so much, Mark Butler, my friend. I'm so happy to talk with you today. Welcome back.
1: Thank you, Corinne. I'm always excited to come talk to you on this show.
0: So we're going to talk about integrity, and I know you want me to go a bit bare, and we will see <laughs> <how> far <laughs> I can go. I'm like oh, um. So we 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 were talking for I don't know 80 minutes before we started recording this show and um we were talking about just our businesses and you know the things that bother us and and there's so much about out in this you know entrepreneur world right do this way and do that way and, and I've I mean I've had a lot of people like Fabuku who's been on we've talked about you know going against the formula and and I'm not about the formula and stuff but the big thing is about when you are an entrepreneur and having, an inte- having your own personal integrity and having your filter to decide what is the right path for you and where you may go down a road that's not right for you.
1: Yeah. I, I'm, I'm having this conversation with myself all the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I haven't solved it for myself yet. I, I don't know when I will. I don't know if I will. But I'm constantly trying to ask myself about the different aspects of my business and about how they impact my life. To say, am I showing integrity? Am I am I acting in integrity? Based on my on my real values,
0: mm-hmm.
1: starting with um, all of it, the, the the work that I do, the way I deliver it the amount I charge for it mm-hmm. um, right in right into how much time it costs me and how much energy it costs me and how that impacts my family and making sure that I'm not I'm not uh making my 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 family life and my health and all of this subs like subservient to a financial goal so it, it, it all comes together in the in the integrity conversation for me and um yeah, I, I don't. I don't know where we'll go today, but I don't have a lot of answers today. I can tell you that.
0: Well, you know, let's talk about pricing because we were we were talking about that, and this is always something that comes up. Like, oh, charge more, right? And especially in this mm-hmm. industry, charge more, mm-hmm. charge more. Show how successful you are. And you know, the reality is, if you go on Facebook, I'm not there a whole lot because I'm working, right? You know, I'm I'm typically with clients, as you know, sometimes with too many clients. Um, where it's like back to back to back sessions and I love my clients and I love, you know, I really look at the work I do with clients as a partnership. It's not like I'm higher than them and they need to listen to me and I'm this guru and mm-hmm. their partner. So I always talk about, you know, I do it with them. I think there's three types of do it. There's do it yourself. There's do it with me and there's do it for me. Mm, so love that. I go to my massage therapist. She does it for me. She's always like, oh, and I'm like, no, no, no. I just want you to do it for me. I know I can do this on my own, but I don't create the space for that. right? Because yep. I'm creating space for so many other people, whether in my coaching practice or on the swim team that I run that, you know, the last couple of weeks has really taken over my life. And I've, I know I've allowed it to. That's just the deal that I've made, you know, or the radio show and the listeners there. So I'm doing a lot. I have a lot of space that I hold out for other people and like my massage therapist is there for me. She does it for me. Mm -hmm. A couple of weeks ago I had a guy come to do window coverings and I just said, so I just want to make sure like you're going to install them. Like you're not going to just deliver these to my house and then I have to (laughs) figure it out because I'm not a do it yourself like I'm consistently consistent about that. Mm -hmm. Right. I know what I can do for myself and what I want to do for myself. And I know where there are people that, I can hire to do for me or like for me, even though I know how to write uh, fitness programs and you know, I'm a a swim coach, right? This is, this is what I've done. I have my own personal trainer because I just want somebody to tell me what to do. (laughs) And so he does it with me, right? He's not working out with me, but he designs a program. Once a week I go in with him. The other times of the week I do it myself. Mm -hmm. But that I, I don't have to use any of my brain juice on that. And so I get more and more clear of which of the three categories for this scenario do I want to use. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, there's times that I will cook my own food, so that's do it for me. I mean, do it, do it myself. Mm-hmm. But there are times I go to a restaurant because I'm like, I don't want to do it, do it for me. I just want to sit there and eat.
1: Right. It's really interesting to to have a pricing conversation in that context too, because when you think about pricing, what you really want to be thinking about is alternatives meaning what are my alternatives for how I will use the time I'm selling or the or the product that I'm selling and what are the person's alternatives for solutions to what I'm trying to solve for them right so pricing is the intersection of how much time how much my time is worth in giving you a solution and where else you might get that solution so it comes together in if 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 you make the purchase from me, it proves that you feel like you don't have a better alternative. And if I'm willing to make the sale to you, it proves that I don't think I have a better alternative. So that's how price kind of – you end up at a price that that works. So for example, when I started – I was just telling you, when I started my service, I started out at a $200 per month retainer. Mm-hmm. That seemed like, you know, for, for, my, for my clients who were hiring me at the time, they didn't have an alternative that would give them the solution that I was, I was giving at a better price. Mm-hmm. So I was the clear choice. But from my perspective, as time went on, I realized that I had better alternatives for the use of my time at that rate. It wasn't sustainable. I was spending... Um, I couldn't grow to the point where I would even cover my own bills because each client cost me a certain amount of time and at $200 per month on a retainer, I was going to run out of time before I'd covered my bills. So the, the relationship broke down and I had to raise my rate. I went to 300. Even at 300 per month, I thought I was going to be able to make a go of it at 300 per month. But even as more time went on, it became clear that that wasn't working, but this is where pricing got interesting because then we came up against my mental hurdles where I for some reason decided that where people would be willing to pay three hundred per month for the service I was providing there is n- there was no conceivable way that they would pay five hundred per month mm-hmm. i just I just decided it was impossible. <laughs> I don't know why i i I just got this i was weird I was like, you know okay between 300 and 500 is a $200 per month difference so we're talking about $7 I was hung up completely on that transition and it took the realization that it was a make or break moment I could either raise the rate or I I was going to have to just stop because I was working so many hours that I was I finally just I was forced into the decision and I found out that no one cared. Well, I I, I think I retained eighty percent of my clients in the in the price increase. Mm-hmm. So, where pricing can be this nice, uh, where 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 it can and should be this nice balance of you don't have a better alternative and I don't have a better alternative, so we decide to work together at this price. Where it often ends up is in the service provider's head and they get hung up on not being able to charge a certain amount so they can't show up to that interaction in a way that actually will make it work sustainably. Um, I don't know if you've had that experience, but I think that's where lots of people trip up is in not being able to bring a pretty rational perspective to their pricing, to to deciding how they're going to price their services.
0: No, I, I, I think pricing is always something that is, you know, it's a difficult one. And being on the consumer end and understanding what goes on in the pricing, right, and, and the value. And I remember, oh gosh, probably when I was first starting my coaching business, my my financial mentor, who you know, has really taught me a lot. One of the things he taught me was because before that, it'd always been about look at what it costs you, you know, mm-hmm. be, be be fiscally conservative. You can get a better deal, mm-hmm. but at that point, he said, Corinne, it's about the value." What value are you bringing to your clients? You know, and when you're a consumer, what value are you getting from this service, this product, and really looking at that, right? Instead of looking at just the free or, okay, this is cheaper than this one. What's the value? What's the relationship? You know, and like for me, I'm, I'm in most business relationships that I have, I just want an ongoing relationship. So if you're my carpet cleaner guy, you're my carpet cleaner guy. Mm-hmm. Right. If you come in and do my window blinds or my window coverings, that you're the person. I just want to keep it really simple, where we have that relationship, uh, and and that for me because I don't have to spend because the amount of hours I would spend researching it, mm-hmm. that's a drain for me to save twenty dollars mm-hmm. worth my time, right? So I really think about pricing a lot in terms of that, and then the fact that I work with clients on a long term basis because. And the work that I do with helping them get the obstacles out of their way and you know, really showing up in their lives, it, it takes them practice. It's like, I mean, I can teach them the concepts. Okay, so you mean, but you can get that all free on the show, right? Like, here are all these concepts, but how do you show up and practice it on a day-in, day out basis? And so I'm that I'm I'm that do it with you partnership, right? So where you go out and you do it and we come back in and we check in. What do you need to tweak? What perspective? And then go back out because we all have blind spots. I have my own blind spots. I have areas in my life where I'm like, I mean, I kind of laugh at myself. This happened last week. I was so mad. I was typing up an email about something. I'm like, this person's an idiot, and I was laughing. I was like, seriously, what would you say to your client if this is how they're doing it? You know, like I don't really care. This is my blind spot. I did. I mean, it was so funny to watch my brain. So I hit delete, and you know, and I backtracked what I was going to write in this email. But I did. I was so stuck in my story. I needed somebody at that point to help me with their perspective, even though that because I'm so in it, right? I'm at ground zero, and I do believe. I mean, this is my own personal belief that we we can't go to it alone. Like we need teams of people. Maybe you don't need a coach. Okay, I'm not saying you have to hire me, um, but to have people in your life who you who can walk through things with you. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it makes total sense. And I and I think. So we as we as the service provider as coaches we have to go through a transition where we um, where we recognize the value we deliver and where for example in my case I would I would say when people hire me I usually in the work that we do together I give them clarity that helps them go make more money
0: mm-hmm.
1: and spend more thoughtfully so I, I'm not as you know, I'm not anti-spending.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, what I do for my clients is is ask them to look at their alternatives. So I, when they say, well, I want to do this or I want to do that, and I say, okay, great, let's talk about the alternatives. And often enough, that means they end up not spending some money that they thought they would spend. So I, I kind of, two ways I bring value are I, I help people learn more or earn more by showing them how that additional income will impact their their life for better specifically how it will impact their life. And I help them spend less when the spending isn't going to serve them. So once I had that realization, I thought, man, there really is great ROI mm-hmm. in the work that I do. And then I went from charging you know, $300 per month to $500 per month to $600 per month, all the way up to 1000 per month, $1,500 per month. Um, I've backed off the $1,500 per month and the $1,000 per month because what I found is there are some clients for whom I'm happier with them at a five or six hundred dollar per month retainer than I would be at a thousand or twelve hundred or fifteen hundred dollar per month retainer. Mm-hmm. Um, so where things I think where things get really interesting with pricing, and this is where I truly have no answers, just lots of questions, are when do we as coaches have to recognize, and how can we recognize that we get to a point where there is a price that we could charge? But but the but the client's willingness to pay it is not enough reason to charge it. Ooh, right. I mean, this gets sticky. It gets sticky in a hurry. So you cut me off any time. But like, just because someone is willing to pay me a certain amount of money, does that automatically mean that's the right amount of money to charge? I I don't know. If I let's say that I as a financial coach. I, all my work right now is retainer based. Let's say i wanted to do some more traditional just traditional coaching where i would say hey, you're going to hire me and i'm going to help you work through your financial, your spending habits. I'm going to work with you on your spending mindset. We're going to talk about why you spend the way you spend and what what you're actually seeking. We're going to do this work together and you're going to come out of it the other side confident and, and competent in the technical technical aspects of your finances and in the mental emotional aspects of your finances. It's going to be transformational. And frankly, it is going to be worth to you over the next few decades, hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of dollars. And I, I'm pretty good at sales. I could probably say, I would like you to pay me $25,000 for that. In what circumstances is it appropriate for me to say, Twenty five thousand, and in the, what circumstances is it not appropriate? I don't know. And where I where I where I have conversations with myself about this is most of us as coaches would use the signal as to whether or not it's okay. The signal would be whether or not they say yes. And I'm what I'm asking myself is: Is that the right signal on its own? I'm curious what you think.
0: If they just say yes, I mean,
1: yeah, it's like I go to somebody and I say, "Hey." To do all this to work with me, we're gonna have we're gonna do this work. Here's the here's the result I, I, I think you're gonna get and I want you to get, and that's twenty-five thousand dollars. If they're willing to pay, is that the end of the story?
0: Well, do you wanna do that work? Oh, I don't know. I'm just talking I'm talking about conceptually at, I, I know, at, but I think that's the question. It's not just that because I think sometimes people get so like, ooh, I can do this and I'll make, you know, twenty five thousand dollars with this one person. Mm-hmm. Right. But then the other side is, do you want to do that work? Right? So like I,
1: f- for me, I, I guess it is a good question because for me, and I, I'd be curious to have other coaches disagree with me and disagree with me strongly on this point, but I would evaluate the person I'm talking to. And I would say, all right, I, I'm going to charge you $25,000. You are willing to pay me Am I willing to take that money from you? Am I am I excited to take that money from you? Do I feel like I'm doing you a service by taking that money from you? Um, that and,
0: that's an important question. Am I doing you a service? Right? Like does this is this work? Because there there are people that my work they're not ready for it. Mm-hmm. They're just not. So you know, for me, it's to know that and to not work with them. <laughs> Right to say no. And I do, I say no to people because they're not, they're just not ready to do this work. But I think if you're caught up on the money, I think it's harder to say no.
1: Meaning if you need the money,
0: if you need the money or if you're about, oh, I, you know, I need to make this 25,000 to hit this goal. And that's the only, that's the only data pinpoint you're looking at. You're not looking at, do I want to do this? I mean, when I first started my year-long coaching program, I had to really think about it. Is this something like, could I really do this for a year with a client? Yeah. Right? <clears throat> but the other side was, I was looking at my client roster, and, and I always say this to my clients all the time. <coughs> excuse me. I work with clients for a long period of time. Right? We, deal, we, we build this rapport, and I know them. And then what happens is that they'll say something to me and, you know, like probably say something demeaning about themselves. I'll be like, wait a second. Do you remember this that happened such and such time? Yeah. Right? And and I bring that forward and I go, look at how much you've grown so that they can because they're they're so stuck in their shame gremlins or their lizard brain and in fear and in shame that they can't see where they are right now right? And I help them get that perspective. And I never blow smoke. I've never, as a swim coach, I've never done that. I'm always like really grounded. You know, I kind of just speak it, right? And it may be uncomfortable because you may not like what I have to say, but so I'll speak the truth. But there's that long-term effect. So when I I made that decision about having a year-long coaching program, it was like, wow, this was actually my sweet spot as a coach. I'm not a great coach of, let me just give you everything that you want in an hour right? Because I didn't, I wasn't seeing those kind of results. Like it wasn't that my clients didn't have the knowledge they couldn't implement and they needed more time to practice and implement. And so then I could do that. And then it was, then I took into the money piece. So I do think for that 25,000 is, is that work you want to do or are you only doing it because of the money?
1: Well, Yes. And then so a- I, I will, I will make a. am going to make a statement here that people can decide whether or not they not agree, whether or not they agree. But I think as soon as your decision about whether to take on a client, as soon as your revenue goal is a factor, mm-hmm. f- for me, I would, I would feel like that's not, that's not having the mindset that I want. And that feels like not having integrity because now I'm, I'm deciding whether or not to take your money based on my revenue goal, not based on whether I think you're a good fit for the work that we're going to do together. Mm -hmm. I'm not perfect in that. That's why I'm saying this is a constant conversation in my own head where in 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 my ideal scenario for me, when I'm talking to you about whether or not we're going to work together, I'm only doing that as I try to make my best guess at whether or not the work I'm going to do is to help is is going to help you achieve a big result in your life, and if that is if if we agree that that's high probability, then great, pay me and let's work together. Uh, but I, I'm glad you brought up the idea of a revenue goal, or like, well, I really need the money mm-hmm. because I'm not here yet, but I really want to be a person who says no, who who never says yes to work just because of the money.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I may be too idealistic. I don't, could we ever, could you ever get a business going if you didn't go through, at least go through that?
0: Well, I I think the, you know, I don't think money's evil, right? Cause I love money and I think money, money is part of what, what makes people committed. Right. Versus, you know, if it's free, you know, are we going to actually show up and do it? But, you know, if, you know, like for instance, I have these Adele tickets that I bought right? and I Or when we've gone and seen Bruce Springsteen, I remember one time I was having just this Tempo temper tantrum because it was out of town. It was in the Bay Area, two hours away on a weekday. So that meant I had to get my kids all set up and also had to get some practice that night covered for myself and my husband. I was like, seriously, why did we buy this? Well, we bought it six months ago when the idea sounded great. <coughs> the money made me not, it didn't make me, but the money put up boundaries because I wasn't going to just say, forget it. I'm not going to do it. Right. And I have the same thing that's happening with the Zadel concert. I got that as Christmas gifts for my kids. Now there's some conflicting stuff going on with their training. So now I have to make some decisions. Do I sell the tickets? Do we go? Right. But there's that money there that makes, it's a boundary of what am I going to do versus if it was just free, I'd probably just say, forget it. I'm not going to show up. Right. So there's a commitment that money does bring to the table on all parties. You and I, as service providers, are clients as the customers. So money's important, but I don't think it's the only like for me, and I and I can't say this for everybody, but for me it's a it's a data point. But first I have to go as the provider, is this work I'm willing to do? Does this light me up? Can I bring value for my and then can I bring value for my client? And are they ready to do this work? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then I look at the money. The money's the other part on the swim team. You know, money's important. I mean, we're renting pools. We have coaches salaries. You know, there's a whole big machine that's going on. So money's an important factor, but it's not the factor in making decisions. You know, there's, there is, I mean, in both of our businesses, even though, you know, we're entrepreneurs and you I mean, and you have a team and I have a little, you know, small little team of people. We do need a certain, there's a nut that we need to make our businesses go. Uh-huh. Right. That we have to do it, you know, on the swim team, because I've got pool, you know, five different pools and all of that. It's, it's a bigger nut in a lot of ways. Right. So looking at those, and then the other side is that, you know, versus a coaching practice, you know, uh, it's like $270 to swim all summer, which is so amazingly inexpensive. Right. Versus working with me for a year. Right. So they're, they're different. You need more, more people at the swim team level than I do in my coaching business that makes sense and maybe i'm rambling.
1: no it does it makes perfect sense but all of that i think contributes to the right the right attitude looking at a situation looking at a at a prospective client and saying am i serving you by taking your money um some often yes because the money does bring that commitment mm-hmm. and the money facilitates the business so what i'm what i'm trying to do is get away from ever saying yes to a client because of me, like because of my, mm-hmm.
0: uh,
1: you know, flipping it so it's about me instead of about him or her.
0: Mm-hmm. So here's what I'm kind of breaking down is that I think before we even put the offer out, right, it is about us. Am I willing to do the work
1: one? Oh, right, right. Uh-huh. Right.
0: Is this work that I believe that I can do and that I believe is going to provide value for others? So that's not even with kind of, you know, somebody. So we've already cleaned that up when we make those offerings. Then, when the client comes in, the potential client is, is this somebody that my work, they will benefit from? Yeah. Right. Cause then, and so then it's not about just taking the money. It's like, okay, cause I think that that goes back to the integrity piece of this conversation of, you know, being in integrity. Am I selling you something that's going to be of value? Right. Like, I mean, you think about, you know, Amazon doesn't have this. They, they have these books. There's all sorts of books. They're not interested if it's of value or not, you know, and it's also a lower price point right? 799, 299, 1499, whatever. And it doesn't matter. it's if it's a value. But I think for the work that you and I do, it's a high touch point for people and even on my swim team, you know, is this you know, I have to look at the whole program overall. Is this in line with the values that we're trying to create you know and that we're cultivating throughout the entire program? And I look at the, what the benefits the kids get. I look at my own coaches and what they get you know, I look at the parents, I mean, you know, I really believe in that program from bottom all the way up to the top, you know, and, but I also realize it's not for everybody and that's okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that, and that makes sense. I think what I'm trying to figure out is how do we, how do we check ourselves as coaches when do we do we ever get to a point where where we realize that we could charge more than is in our client's best interest to pay that i don't know i mean i can hear some of my clients yelling at me about that question like that's a stupid question why would you even ask that question
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but but i think it's an interesting question to say because I'm good at sales, because I have because I have a lot of a track record of success with my clients, and I I have um and, and because I understand human psychology and a sales interaction really well, I think there's a a price I could charge. I it would be a lot more. But if I got out of my sales brain and I said, But let's get down to this, do I think you do I think you're right to pay me that amount of money? Probably not. And I don't, I don't.
0: Well, I don't know. Yeah, no, I I definitely think some people would think that we were too much in other people's business. I I don't know. I still have right, story. like we're
1: judging, right? We're we're saying, well, we're judging them. We're make we're trying to make their decision for them, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I'm sorry, well,
0: interrupted. Yeah. No, but I but I also think like I mean, you know, there's some people that they'll pay something out of desperation, yeah. Right, and you know, like Ramit Sethi, who's been on the show before, he used to have this policy, and I don't know how he managed it. Is that you know, if you had credit card debt, he didn't want you to buy his programs. Period, right? Cuz it went against <laughs> this whole message of I will teach you to be rich. Like, don't buy my program, go get clean up that stuff before you come and do my stuff. Um, I don't know, I mean, you can say that to people. I don't know, you know. There's no
1: about- way, right? There's no I mean, I appreciate it. There's no way that that's in practice. How there's no way that people with credit card debt are not like, oh, well, roommate told me not to, so I'm not going to. I, yeah. I, I I can't imagine.
0: So I, you know, and and I think, um, I think people have to, you know, I don't know that, that, so that part, how do you measure that? But I, you know, for me, it's that social responsibility of like, okay, I don't, cause the other thing is I don't want, my clients are already in turmoil. I don't, we don't need to ante it up uh-huh. more, you know. Because I want to be, you know, because I have so many people always tell me, Corinne, you 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 charge way too little. You charge way too little. You you know for what you what you do for who you are as a coach, you charge way too little. And I understand, and I understand that, and I think about it and stuff. But then the thing is, like on Saturday night, my husband and I went out to dinner, and I live in a college town, which is phenomenal for going out to dinner because it used to be you could get food, you know, a meal for ten bucks, and now it's probably more like fifteen bucks a head, right? But we went to this uh. Uh tuna fish place it's like raw fish, pokey tuna, I don't know what it is, and mm-hmm. it's become my like my new all time favorite. I think the two of us it was thirty dollars or twenty seven dollars for dinner right and and I'm like, I go, this is for me, this is the epitome to be able to eat out when I want to or to go get a six dollar and fifty cents ice cream sandwich or my five dollar and sixty cents you know ridiculously overpriced cup of coffee that to me. That's where I want to spend my money, mm-hmm. right? And and it's not even, we're not talking $500 bottles of wine or $1,000 dinner. Like for me, it's just the simple stuff. And some people may judge that and go, well, you must not be very successful. I'm like, no, but that's just my sweet spot. That's where it's really, I mean, it was really good food. Talk about incredible value, right? And And I think the ice cream was a bit. You know, indulgent on cost, but that's okay. Like I, I was good with it. Like I really like that ice cream sandwich, and there's another place on the other side, of the s- in the next street over. Where I could have paid three dollars, but I've sworn I'm never going to eat there again. So, um, I, I guess I factor a lot of that stuff in, and what for me is a good life in, if you know, there canned, and I, and I think that sweet spot. There's not a right answer. And I think maybe sometimes it's about testing it out, mm-hmm. right? Because sometimes like when we check in with our own integrity, we have to put it into practice. What fits for me and what doesn't? You know, I know one of the things that I've been looking at this year is that, you know, most people, cause I'm not on Facebook, like posting about my client cause I'm, I'm really confidential. So, mm-hmm. you know, I want to respect my clients and stuff, but I'm not, and then I'm not on Facebook because. Every hour on the hour, I'm with a new client, right? Um, and, you know, as you know, like this year, it's been crazy. I've been w- overbooked. It's been crazy. Now, the good news is that I know that I can do that. And now I'm starting to decide, do I want to do that, right? Yeah. And so, you know, changing my price point for that is kind of something I'm looking at or, you know, I've been working on, Um because, like having more white space, I think is important B so I can create more content so I can put more stuff out there, versus like, <laughs> I'm just on this hamster wheel, and I don't know if I'm making any sense.
1: You are making sense, and you and you lead to it brings up another question that people ask me all the time that maybe your peers ask you this all the time, too, but people will ask me how do I know when to raise my prices mm-hmm. and how do I know how much to raise my prices? And what I always tell them is this is pretty basic economics where you know most of us all know from our, from our high school econ class or our, our basic college econ class about supply and demand. And when something is in high demand but short supply, it's expensive. So when, I, when people ask me, uh, when should I raise my prices? Well, I think you should raise your prices when the demand for your time exceeds the supply of it. So you're a perfect example right now where with all the sessions that you're doing each week, there's a lot of demand for your time. People want you to coach them um, it to the point where almost the demand on your time exceeds the supply of your time because you're getting tired.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm really tired.
1: So that would be a very, very natural moment for you to say, okay, well, the most natural thing for you to do at this point is to raise your price some amount so that the amount of you know coaching that people demand from you at that new price is one that you can easily supply and not get too tired there's no way to just guess at that number of course so you kind of some people will just say well just double your rates and see what happens i think that's fine there's some risk to doing that because if you double your rates and then nobody shows up now you have to backtrack from that new rate and that looks weird People are like, well, I thought your rate was this, but now you're a lot cheaper than that. Like, oh, are you not successful? Now there, there's like a mm-hmm. there's like a messaging component and there's a, a positioning component to all this. But if people want to know when they should raise their rates, I will tell my clients, it's when there's so much demand for your time that you actually have to raise your rate in order to keep things in balance. Where where I see people struggle with price increases is when they arbitrarily raise their rates before their community whatever you call it their community their tribe the the marketplace whatever it is has proven that they want uh, that there's a lot more demand so people will say to me well i've been charging 1000 what well, you know whatever arbitrary number i've been charging 1000 i'm going to jump to 2 mm-hmm. and i'll say i think that can be great but let's talk about evidence is there evidence that 2000 is a price that will work. They're like, what do you mean evidence? Well, evidence would be that you have a lot of momentum in your marketing and your sales. A lot of people want to talk to you about your services. A lot of people are buying your services to the point where if you, you feel some confidence that if you go from 1000 to 2000 it's not going to be crickets. The room isn't going to empty out. You're going to be standing there by yourself with your $2,000 price point which is what I see happen sometimes where people just arbitrarily raise their rates without any real evidence that they, that they need to raise their rates. And then they find out that there just isn't demand for them at that price. Um, The smoothest way to raise your rates is to raise your rates from strength and not from weakness and raising your rates from strength is raising your rates because you're Corinne and because you're doing so much coaching that you're pretty tired and, it proves that the market really wants more of Corinne's time, so you raise your rate and the market continues to consume it at the higher rate. But I, I just bring that up because people will say, well, I don't know when to raise my rates and I don't know how much. Well, how much is an experiment and when is a function of how much people are, are asking you for your services.
0: Yeah, it's, it's all really interesting. And I, I do, you know, going back to pricing and social responsibility is that I, I mean, that for me is a huge value of um, that social responsibility of, okay, well, you know, what are, what are you giving? And, and does it, does it create more fear? Do, you know, and for me, right? Most of the work that I do is, is in shame is that voice of you're not enough. There's scarcity. Who do you think you are? And the last thing I want to do is trigger my clients even more. <laughs> Uh-huh, right. Uh-huh. My goal is to help them get grounded so they can have clarity and and then and it's so phenomenal because like I used to hate this word magic, but that's where the magic happens. And what magic happens is like, you know, where my client, like, I just had a client recently buy a house, you know, and the market is really tough right now. I mean, houses are being sold, you know, quickly and there's not enough and stuff. And so for her to move through that where she was calm, like, don't worry, there's gonna be plenty. I will mm-hmm. find the right one, you know, and she and it was interesting. She walked away from some houses that weren't the right one where most people would be like, oh, my gosh, you just have to buy it because I don't know if I'm there's going to be a house or the houses are going to more, you know, get more expensive. And she stayed so grounded and she found the right house for her. Mm-hmm. You know? And it sounds so trivial in a way, but when you can be grounded and you I guess the work that I do, because I'm still trying to figure out how to simplify it. Because, you know, I do weight loss coaching or uh, uh, like the Daring Way or Rising Strong, you know, the works of Brené Brown. I facilitate that or I do money coaching on all this stuff. But really, it's about, you know, knowing yourself, loving yourself and then being yourself. Right. Mm. Where you get to be the boss in your life. That's the work that I help people get to instead of all these shoulds because my clients are highly intelligent. They've been successful. They've done what they were supposed to, what they should do their whole life, but it never felt right. And so it's really about like them knowing who they are and what's important to them instead of these outside values. And I guess the pricing for me is the same work that I work with my clients is me knowing myself, me being myself. So instead of thinking, well, I should just charge more because this is what everybody's been telling me, double your rates, Grant, double your rates. And then go fly around the world like i don't want to fly around the world i just want to <laughs> you know i want to eat in downtown davis and park with my easy car to park in downtown davis and and have a nice 30 dollar dinner with my husband right for some people they would be like but that's not successful or maybe corinne you're not really successful because you bought a toyota rav instead of an audi but that's right. not like i don't play those games right Right. And I can watch myself get caught up in those things because, well, you know, because there are people are like, really, you have this coaching business? Is it really real? (laughs) Like, oh, yes, it's really real. You know, my clients are really real and it is really full. Right. But because I'm not showcasing it and maybe that's just bad marketing on my part, but that's out of alignment with who I am. I'm more, I guess, of a folksy kind of a person
1: well it's it's not out of alignment it's to me this we're going to have to do another call about this i guess but the the tragedy here is that i think you i think i think hundreds of thousands of would-be coaches aspire to the to the the business that you're running but they don't have a model because the models are those that that have different values, not not wrong values, different values, uh, who who do aspire more to the high consumption, flashier. This is what success looks like. You know, it's it is jetting around the world. It's it's Italian villas and 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 you know trips to Hawaii and it's all these kinds of things. That's what gets showcased. But I think if people got to know themselves better. They would realize actually, I would be really content and and deeply happy with a life that's just free from some of the stresses that I have right now and that involves a lot of service to people in, you know, with my expertise as a coach. I I think that I know it resonates with me. When you describe your business, it really deeply resonates with me as. There's something really elegant about the simplicity of your business and about your awareness that you don't need to grow something that's many multiples bigger than what you have right now in order to feel deeply satisfied with it. In your case, what's interesting is that there is probably a case for you to to raise your rate by some amount because you are tired. So the question is either, do you just need to take some time away and, and rejuvenate? or do you need to raise your rate by some amount i don't know what it is 10% 20% 30% i don't i don't know that makes it so you do get just a f- not quite so many clients
0: Are you there Mark did i lose you
1: sure of the, of the work that you do hey, does that make
0: sense Yeah we lost you for about 30 oh, seconds Oh cringe did i lose you Yeah <laughs> oh. So are you there I'm here, yeah. Okay, I'm here. so you said when, quite, so not so many clients, and then what did you say after that? Oh, where you get not
1: quite so many clients, but you don't fundamentally change the nature of the work that you're doing.
0: Well, and I think one of the other things is, you know, the other thing I'm looking at with Raising the Rates is to build, like, uh, more of a support team for me. So that uh-huh. really, because, like, my my sweet spot is the coaching. Really, really good at that. Right. But to take and, and you know, and, and I, I think I said this on the show was, you know, I'm not a do-it-yourselfer, but that's not totally quite true. There's a lot of stuff that I have been doing it myself. Right. And so just to farm that stuff off and have somebody else take some of that stuff on would be great. So that would be the other reason to raise my rates was, you know, to be able to support my team better. Right. Um, and uh, that I have so that I can do my sweet spot, which is the coaching aspect. And have somebody else take on more of the admin stuff. And I don't want to have like a massive team. Like that is a whole other nightmare that I don't want either. One other thing I want to say that I didn't say here is that when you originally proposed, hey, we should talk about this, Corinne, you should be totally go in. This is what people need to hear. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to talk about this because I don't (laughs) want, you know, because I have a business where I don't coach coaches how to coach. right. Right. That is not like I want to help civilians. I want them to be able to live in this life where they like, I, I believe in coaching. It is amazing. It's really changed my life, but I want people I want people to have access to that. So that's yeah. why you know And I mean, I started the show before I was ever a coach back in 2006. Um, you know, it's like how can people get out of their own way? I mean, this is what I've been doing for what years this 23, 24 years since I've been a swim coach. You know, what is the result that you want? How can I help you get there? Right, And so it's the same thing. So like when you first said, I was like, no, I don't want to talk about this because I'm, this isn't like I'm not trying to get coaches as my clients. That's not the work that I do. We're using this, you know, about integrity and being an entrepreneur. And then also maybe there are listeners out here who are, you know, seeing all the hype on Facebook or in their inboxes going, oh, you know, six figures, it's this one easy thing. It is isn't, I mean, you know, there are going to be a lot of colleagues of mine that say, don't, you know, don't say that it is of course easy. I see a lot of people struggle and <laughs> yeah. you know, oh
1: yeah, well, because, oh man, I, yes.
0: Mm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of people that really struggle and then they feel a lot of shame about it. But when you know oh. that struggle is part of it, I mean, it's the same thing. Like right now the Olympic trials are going on for swimming. I don't know when this show is going to get broadcast, but the, the Olympic trials are going on for swimming. And you know, that's like, when you're a little kid, you dream about being in the Olympics. Well, there's 52 people that can maximum make the Olympic team every four years. And that's the max, right? A lot of times the teams are smaller than that because when you have like a Michael Phelps, who swims multiple races, it limits the number of spots. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're not talking about a whole lot of people, but if you're not, I was never an Olympian, but being a swimmer was so incredibly valuable and life changing for me. You know, last weekend or two weekends ago, we went to a wedding and the the girl was a, or the woman was a former swimmer of my husband's and swimming changed her life to the point that it, it helped her get married. Right. Which there's a, that's a whole nother story. So it's like, I just give this to people of, you know, when you're willing to work hard and show up, you, you don't know, like I thought my, my business was going to be very different than it is. In the sense that I wouldn't be coaching the Sun team and that I, you know, and I check in with that, you know, every three to six months. Is this something I still want to do? It's not something I have to do, but it's something that I want to do. I love having, I'm good at building a community, you know, and I love, you know, having little kids learn how to be resilient. I love helping help, having parents learn how to trust themselves in their own parenting. You know, I love watching my staff develop and flourish you know so i would look at this and you know it kicks my butt especially the first two weeks of summer but at the end of the day you know come september 6 i will be able to look back hopefully this is what's happened every year because every year i'm like i don't know if i can do this again and then at the end i look at the impact and how many lives have been changed and that fuels me to continue on if that makes sense so i, I don't even know how i got onto all of this, but. um
1: well, you got onto it in part because you're saying you, you want to coach civilians, which I think is a great yeah. way to put it. You don't want to coach coaches. That's why you need to coach coaches. <laughs> it's
0: because almost,
1: oh man, <laughs> I got to check myself here.
0: <laughs> a lot of coaches who coach coaches don't have a real coaching business. And never have. Yeah.
1: They have not paid their dues. They have not done hundreds of coaching sessions maybe thousands of coaching sessions thousands would be a lot hundreds of coaching sessions but i'd like to do thousands of coaching sessions see there's this by the way two book recommendations for you real quick that are along that are in this vein one is called the obstacle is the way one is called the ego is the enemy same author i'm 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 so infatuated with these books right now because they talk about these principles and and this one that i'm reading right now the ego is the enemy says, our world right now does way too much facilitating and praising people who stand up in front of the crowd and just start shouting Mm -hmm. that they are the expert Mm -hmm. and that they should be listened to and that they should be followed. And our world pays way too little attention to those people who who have actually done the work and earned the credit instead of claiming the credit for what they may or may not have already, they may or may not have done. Mm -hmm. So this this unfortunately shows up in our coaching world where we use signals like uh, Facebook followers and email lists and launch numbers and seven figure business and six figure business. We use these things as signals of of expertise, but they may not signal real expertise. They may not signal that someone has actually done the work. All we can be sure of is that they know how to give the signals really effectively. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying you have to start a coaching a practice where you coach coaches. I'm saying I think the coaching world needs people like you to at least model the behavior in a way that we can aspire to. We, we, but you we don't you don't have to charge us money. You know you don't have to create a program. But we need to know that Corinne exists because you don't make yourself known. I don't know if I've called you out on this, but I was actually talking to someone pretty recently and. And they didn't even know who you were, who you are, but they run in a circle where they should know who you are because they're not that many steps removed from you in the coaching world, meaning you run in a similar community. Mm-hmm. And I was laughing to myself because I was thinking, Corinne is so much farther down the, the path than you are. And you have no clue that she even exists. And you pay unholy sums of money to, other coaches who I I don't believe, I don't know these coaches necessarily, but I don't believe they've done what you've done as a coach, Corinne. So I don't know why I'm on this rant about you right now, but it it's like I, I think that coaches like you need to need to at least make yourself known so that people can say, actually that model resonates with me. I feel more like I'm a Corinne than one of these other coaches who fit the 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 bigger kind of flashier mold.
0: Do you know, it's interesting because like, um, I well, thank you for that, but, uh, I do. And, and I have purposely made myself small and kept myself small. Right. Because I, and it's funny because as we're calling me out on this, it goes back to this dichot- dichotomous brain of either you're out there, you're flashy without substance. Or you're small and you're real, but you don't have time to put yourself out there because you don't want to be a sellout. There's kind of, you know, that goes on probably in my subconscious a bit. Um, but the other side is, is that, and, and I watch this with our swim team, you know, there's a there's another swim team in town and they're bigger and, you know, they're into all this other stuff. And and people, you know, somebody asked me recently, like, oh, how are our numbers? I'm like, our numbers are steady. Like I made a decision a long time ago. I don't want to be a thousand person swim team. Because for me, that was too many people. I can't know everybody. And for me, the sweet spot of swimming is I love watching kids grow up within the team. And I'd like to watch them and see how they, and this is a word that I don't really like, but transform, mm. you know, I, and cause you really see it. And so it's that long-term relationship. I like knowing a kid for 10 years and their family and going through hard stuff with them. That is me. Like, I'm not interested in you coming in for, you know, six months and helping us score a high place. It doesn't matter to me. Like, really? Right? So, but I think it's human nature of, oh, well, we need to follow the crowd because that will be safe. Yeah. Right? And it's the same thing. Like, I mean, I've been on rants about this with like brand name universities. You know, what's really, and I always talk about this, what's behind the green curtain? Yeah. I, I think that, you know, the people who, follow me and none of my public numbers you know like if you look at my iTunes ratings my guests or my listeners I really wish you guys would go out and put um, iTunes ratings because it doesn't reflect the listenership that I have but the other side is like when I've been asked by potential guests of well what is your listener base I'm like how do you measure the impact a show can make on one person by you know the download rates we don't know Right, So right. like for me, I mean, it's a data point, but it's not the data point because we never know our impact. You know, like my husband, Swimmer, who got married, it was because when she was in high school, she wasn't very assertive. And he said to her, you need to go back and ask for the food that you want. And she didn't want to do that. And he said, you need to do that. And then later on when she, fast forward many years, there was this boy that she'd been in love with since she was like nine years old. And she was at his house because he was a roommate with her, her brother. She goes, well, Pete said, always ask for what I want. So she asked him out on a date. You know, Fast forward a few years later, they got married. So you (laughs) never know the impact. I mean, it was about food. And she was a really smart kid who learned how to fail in the pool, right? She never failed academically, but she learned how to fail in the pool. And then she had a coach who said, ask for what you want. Mm
1: -hmm. Now, I
0: consider that a success story. She never made the Olympic team, but swimming changed her life. Do you see what I'm saying? Totally. So for me, I think about like all of that stuff of like, you know, what, what is the impact and going beyond like how many iTunes ratings you have? And I'll look at that, but those are data points or how many, you know, I know what my download numbers are, you know, my subscriber numbers, but I also know like the impact that I'm making with my clients on a day in, day out. And it's not like, and I have to be really careful with this ego thing, right? Because I do think the ego is the enemy. Uh Uh-huh right and really go in and check in with our own integrity of okay what works for me and am i am i being effective mm-hmm. you know and and that's why i really believe i am on my client's team i'm a member on their team you know and and i'm their partner in this
1: so because we we know the ego is the enemy we we know that it can show up in a couple of different ways and and I believe these things are on a spectrum. I would never consider myself qualified or capable of judging anyone or their business, you know, in a blanket way. I would never be able to say that a I would never call a coach who's got the flashier business model. I would never say, "Well, she's she's unethical or she's not the real deal." I'm not qualified to make that statement. I'm like you. I'm looking at data points and I'm saying, "Okay, well, if this business is if this business is mostly about the revenue because that's the thing that gets talked about most or the Facebook likes or the email list size or whatever, that I'm observing that that seems to be very important to this person, and I'm just aware of that. Uh, in your case, you're much much or you're very focused on the individual and the individual impact and um, and I'm aware of that you have something to learn from the flashier coach and she has something to learn from you. I have, I have something to learn from both of you. Mm -hmm. Um, But you probably, what you need or could learn from the flashier coach is that if you would just allow yourself to be known, then you're impacting even more people because there's a, there's a type of coach who, who would resonate deeply with your message of, I want to be on my client's team. I actually don't really care about the social, uh, like having tons, I don't care about the fame. Mm-hmm. There's a coach out there who thinks she has to chase the flashier business because she doesn't know that you even exist. Mm-hmm. She doesn't necessarily need to hire you. She doesn't need to buy a program from you. She could. She'd probably be better for it. But she just needs to know that you exist. So she can say, actually, I'm kind of more the Corinne model. I'm a little bit less the other folks model. Mm-hmm. She needs to know that it can work for her to be who she is. I have, I've had conversations recently at some conferences I've attended where I've had people tell me, you know, I, I'm just a person who I'm pretty happy with my life, my level of consumption. I really love the work that I do. I really love the clients I serve when I'm in this kind of a setting at one of these conferences, I really feel like my goals aren't good enough Mm -hmm. because my goals aren't modeled. It's, it's the, it's the flashier goals that are modeled. And I I just kind of think that's tragic Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of those people who would pursue more of a model like yours, I'm afraid some of them give up because they really, they actually have some like maybe a flashier or a, a higher profile coach sort of talk down or, or down downplay the that that approach to where they think, well, if I can't do it your way, you're telling me I shouldn't do it the way that feels right to me. I guess I shouldn't do it at all.
0: Mm-hmm. That's sad. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think this, you know, this can go in any business model. Being a realtor, being a financial advisor, right? It can be in any business model, and it's so easy to judge and go, oh, are they successful? Where do they live? What country club did they belong to? Right. right? But when, you know, the other side for me, and it's so funny is that I, that when I hire, uh, service professionals, you know, like my tax person, Mm -hmm. um, I don't want the flashy person, right? Mm. Like I, I, I just don't like, I don't want the whole team of people. Like I want to know that you are the one that's working on my stuff that becomes really important to me. Um, so, so it's interesting the, who I hire and then who probably wants to work with me as well. Um, and uh and and i also you know i guess many decades ago got you know paid attention to what really goes on behind the green curtain and but i do i agree with you i do need to put myself out there more and i guess that's why we're doing this show today unfortunately uh, <laughs> and, and and you know again it's not it's not to it, it's just i i guess the message because i have listeners i have a whole bunch of listeners who are not coaches And it's not that, oh, you need to know like what goes on in my business, but is that there are rumblings in any business, whether you're an orthodontist, whether it's the doctor's office, you know, there's always rumblings about, you know, what goes on. Like if you're a hairdresser, how do you have boundaries when you have clients who are constantly canceling with you? I mean, I just had this conversation the other day with somebody, you know, so these are constant conversations about what is the life you want to create yeah, and how do you live it and how do you do meaningful work in your life? You know, I I mean, I don't like the work that I do. I have a very interesting model in the fact that, you know, I have this radio show and I have a life coaching business and then I run this swim team, right? I'm the executive director of this nonprofit swim team. But it works for me. It's all in my sweet zones. It's my sweet spots and there's fine tunings. And I think both you and I, like we get to certain levels of our business and whether we get bored of them or we want to change them or tweak them, right? And how do we do that? How do we, how do we do that in a way of um, being of service to other people, but also where we get filled up from the meaningful work that we do. Right. Right. All right, Mark. Well, we've been talking for a really long time, so we must call it. (laughs) We must, yes. (laughs) That we could talk forever. So thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I look forward to having you back for some more conversations.
1: Me too. Thanks for having me.
0: Okay, my question is for you. What takeaways did you get from this show today, from this conversation with my friend Mark Butler? And send me an email. Hit reply back into the from the newsletter. Send me an email. Let me know. What did you get back? What did you learn? What were your takeaways? What who are you? You know, do you have are you an entrepreneur? Are you not an entrepreneur? What insights did you get from the show? I'd love to hear what you have to say. This is our closest we can have to a two way conversation. But I read all the emails so yes send it to me and until next time I'm smiling big for you she is dreaming she is drifting never been so